Welcome to Smart Parent Successful Students Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I run a tutoring company for K through 12 students who need help with reading, math, writing, study skills, ACT, SAT, prep, and more. My tutors work both virtually and in person. We specialize in really getting to know your kids and helping them thrive. I was a teacher and leader in a Georgia school system for 25 years. I saw what worked and what didn't. And there are definitely some gaps that teachers can't touch, which is why our tutors are so important. Teachers can only do so much. I'm here to bridge that gap between parents and teachers to help your kids become successful in school and beyond. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Smart Parents Successful Students podcast. And I am back as your host, Helen Panos, and I am here with one of my tutors today. His name is Dr. Corey Barnes. Welcome, Dr. Barnes. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I'm glad you could join me today because I, I have a few of my tutors in this season. I did a few of them. I sprinkled them in season five. So I wanted to do some more this season because I think it's important that parents hear from the teachers themselves and the tutors and see and let them know what what they really see, because even their classroom teacher probably is not one they really talk to a lot. I hate to say. That's true. That's true. That's <laughs> so, true. At least this is recorded and parents can listen to it on at their leisure multiple times. So tell okay. me, what's, what's that? I said, okay, that sounds good. Yeah. So tell us about why you became a teacher. Um, how why I became a teacher, I used to work at the Boys and Girls Club and I did the after school kind of program with sports and things of that nature. And um I just I grew to have a, a fondness for helping kids, helping ch- kids reach their potential. And so it just seemed like a natural progression correlation to, to go into the classroom. So I could kind of extend from the boys and girls club to the classroom. So I guess my, my answer when I first started teaching 25 years ago would be to help every child or as many kids as possible reach their p- full potential. And it's, it's evolved to now I feel like I'm walking in my gift. I, I don't feel like it. I know that God has blessed me with a gift to, to teach and reach kids. And so um, that's where I'm at now. I think I finally realized that it's, it's a gift. I don't know if I've always realized that's what God, you know, God bless everybody with something and that's what he blessed me with. So I just feel like that's teaching is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm thankful and grateful that I'm able to, to do it. That's awesome. Uh, we, we definitely know uh, there's a shortage of teachers, so uh, your strength of being a teacher is definitely needed right now. Um, yes, ma'am. So can you share some of your strengths, maybe one or two strengths as a teacher or tutor, because you're tutoring, and those that have, and what have those revealed when it comes to helping kids? Well, now, nowadays, now more than ever, kids are coming to us with so much from so many different backgrounds so much you know some have gaps some are ahead some are behind so I think my ability just to meet kids where they're at um, I'm very big on individualizing students I don't do the comparison thing I just I believe that each student 
can learn. I believe each student can be successful, but I also understand that that means different things for different students. So um, my ability to be adaptable and flexible and, and meet, put on the whatever hat needs, <laughs> I need to wear for that, for that specific student, that's something that I kind of always strive to do. And because kids can't really control how they come to me, but I can control how they leave me. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I know my principal used to always say, you know, we don't get to choose the children we teach, right? They're here and we need to approach them where they're at <laughs> and but move my, them along. My, my principal, well, my principal when I was in high school and he became my mentor when I started teaching and when I, you know, got into administration, he, he would tell me, he would say, Corey, he say, the parents don't keep their best at home. They send us the best that they got. And it's up to us to, to, to meet them where they're at because we can't define their best by our best. And so they send us the best that they have. And it's our job to, to get them, you know, get them from here to there. So that's kind of been my, my mindset that I just meet them where they're at and, mm -hmm. and get them, get them further than they were when they get, when I got, they got with me. Mm -hmm. So they, yeah, because you only have them so many months, right? And then they go yes, on to the next grade level. But of course, that, it's true. When I think about uh, parents really don't get to see their children very much, sadly, when it's a school year, and except for during the breaks, right? So they they get up, especially elementary, because I know you do elementary. So they these kids are getting up at 6 a.m. and they're on a bus by probably 6.45 a.m. or before. And then they're already to the school. What time do you start teaching, uh, Dr. Barnes? Uh, we The bell to start is at 8.15 a.m. So they start coming in between 7.45 to 8.15. So about 8.15, oh, okay. we get started. So in Gwinnett, they do a little later. They do, in Fulton, they do that early shift and uh, middle school has more, the shift you just, just described, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah, they've shifted it in, in Fulton. So some of the systems uh, believe in kids going that early morning one, like 7.15 a.m., 7.25 a.m., they're there already learning. So- oh. Wow. Yeah. So like if parents are working till five and now they're all either working virtually or they're back in the office, then they're they probably well, the kids sometimes stay after for the after school programs and then they might get them around five, five thirty. And then by the time they cook dinner. Right. If we think about it, put dinner on on and talk to them for a little bit. They're going to sleep if they're young, probably by eight o'clock. So if you think about it, it's the teacher that sees them the majority of the day. So that's yeah. a good that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how many hours if we sit back and really think we just do it out of habit because as educators, we're just like trained to do it, right? But when you sit it down and think about really the the influence you do have on a child, it's a lot. A lot more than their own parent. <laughs> and some and sometimes you take it for granted, like you say, because you don't you don't break it down like you just did. So you don't realize that you're with them just about as much as their parent is, if not more, especially if a parent is working, like the parent has two jobs or you know, things mm -hmm. like that. Some parents never see their kids. So yeah, that's a good point. Right. So when tutoring, uh so when uh, I think we did the weaknesses and the problems. So what is uh one strategy? Or salute. Well, I don't think I did tell, ask you to do the one weakness uh, problem most kids have. Like, for instance, I know you like writing, correct? Is that your strength? Yes. Yeah. So why don't we talk to writing? What is a weakness or two weaknesses or problems that you see that most 
that is specifically like pretty common among you do fourth graders, right? So yes. among young kids today in writing. Uh, probably the, the biggest, I guess, weakness or thing that they struggle with is just being able to express themselves in written form. You know, today's society has become so technology driven that they text everything. And so, you know, they, they don't write, they don't write words out. And then even, you know, they struggle with just writing, not even, we're not even talking about cursing, but just writing, but just getting thoughts. They know what they want to say. It's in their head. It's kind of floating around in there, but getting them to, to put it on paper, to express themselves with complete thoughts. And like I tell my kids all the time, you, how you write and what you write is a representation of you. Just like you take pride in your appearance, you know, you don't come to school, you, you, you make sure that you, you know, you look nice, you want to look nice and present yourself well. You want to do the same thing when you do your work and put stuff in, on paper, but getting them to, to visualize it, first of all, then verbalize it and then put it, in, put it on paper though, that, process is is tough for fourth graders because they're not used to having to put it in written form you know even like when you're doing passages and and when you're is a lot of stuff is already kind of pre-scripted form so they don't have to write as much so when it gets to writing it becomes um tricky and then if they don't have like background knowledge or their vocabulary is not you know where it needs to be that also can 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 add to it. So the biggest thing is just getting them to be able to effectively put their thoughts on paper, and that can that's a struggle for a lot of them because they haven't had to do it. Mm -hmm. Especially, I guess, during the last two years where they might have been more virtual, so they were typing more. Exactly, and that's the thing. You essentially for the last two years you haven't had to write, so now you know you're having to come in. I don't say two years behind, but two years without that practice. And so, you know, if you take that much time off of writing, that's, mm -hmm. that's a lot. That's a lot to try to make up. So that's the biggest deal is just getting them to get back in, in that, in the flow like of this. understanding it and being able to do it because it's going to have, they're going to have to be able to write and be able to express themselves. Oh yeah. I mean, gosh, I think about as an entrepreneur, how much I write. I mean, you know, blogs, podcast notes, um, you know, all kinds of stuff, uh, landing pages for my website or anything, just about everything and anything. Um, exactly. so, so yeah, writing is definitely, I mean, they're gonna have to do it for the SAT, ACT. Some colleges are requiring that through SAT, ACT, depending on which college they go to. Uh, they're definitely gonna be writing in high school and they're definitely gonna be writing in college, we know. <laughs> um, so what is one strategy or solution you can share then with parents that they were trying to help their child with this weakness that may help their child be more successful in writing, getting them to, to do this at home, let's say a little bit, to help out getting them in this practice mode, because it really does take practice. If you get out of practice, that's it's math and writing are two big content areas, I think, that definitely need a lot of practice. A special message from Dynamis Learning Academy. Would you like your child to be a part of the gifted program in your school system? Kids in the gifted program receive more attention and awards and can attend better colleges. It's well worth your time to make sure they get in the gifted program by getting the appropriate score on the gifted qualification tests. 
What most parents don't know is that you can actually help your child study for the gifted test and get accepted. We at Dynamis Learning Academy assist children so they can qualify for the gifted program in their public school. To learn more about this, go to dynamislearningacademy.com or reach us at 770-282-9931. Thank you. Usually when you do think, pair, share, people don't think about think, pair, share with writing, but I use it with, with writing. So say if I was to give a, a writing prompt, I would I have students to kind of think about it before they write anything. Don't put don't pick up your pencil or your pen or whatever. Just think about it for about two to three minutes. And then after the two or three minutes, then they have to find a partner, at least one partner. I mean, some people call it shoulder partners. I, I, I don't necessarily want my kids to just be in their seats all day. So I don't necessarily, sometimes I'll do show the party. Sometimes I'll tell them to go find a partner that's not, you know, close to them so they can get up and just kind of move around. And sometimes they do, they do a seated. Sometimes they do a standing up, you know, just, I want them to be free and comfortable, but the next three to five minutes is them just sharing what they're, what they're, once they pair up, they're sharing their thoughts, they're verbalizing, they're talking about the topic. And then we go back, they, they move back to their seats. And then we start to work on them actually kind of writing it down. Because it once, while it's in your head, that's kind of, like I said, you know what you're thinking, but once it kind of gets out and you verbalize it, it becomes accountable. Once you hear your thoughts, once you hear yourself, you can't, you know, you can't really like ignore it, I guess. So verbalizing it, getting it out. And then once you get it out, then, okay, now what is it? And I kind of, you know, I kind of break it down. So what's the first thing? And, and they don't, they don't have to have it perfect at first. It's a lot of practice. It's a lot of like sloppy copies, rough drafts. I do rough drafts, second draft. I do at least two or three before they give me a final draft, because I understand that it's not, it's not, it's going to take practice. It's not going to be perfect. But I, the, the most important thing is for them to actually start with something on paper and then we can go back and edit it and proofread it and get it, you know, to where it needs to be. But mm -hmm. for me, that's my strategy is I use think, pair, share, not probably in the traditional sense. I kind of, that's how I get them started because I got, and, and I'm real big on, you know, them writing stuff out because write how you talk, write what you say, you know, say it out loud and then kind of write, write it at first. And then we can condense it. We can work with it and kind of get it to, you know, a, a, a concise statement, but just write it how you, how you, how you say it at first. And then we can kind of work from there, but we got to get it out of their minds into the atmosphere verbally. And then we can work on getting it on paper and then we can kind of fine tune it. So that's kind of the that's strategy okay. I use. Well, I like that because I love think, pair, share. Of course, I've not really thought about using it in terms of writing, but that's a good idea, especially if you compare maybe a little bit of a stronger student with a little weaker student, and they can kind of bounce ideas off of each other and one can kind of help. Right. Them. Brain, it's like brainstorming. It's a great idea right. because right. they are having Sometimes. a hard time just getting their ideas down on paper. That's right. for sure. Sometimes, Sometimes I'll allow them to do the pick the partner sometimes I'll strategically kind of say okay this person with this person type deal so it's, it, I do both because like I said I want them to have ownership in the process I don't want it to be just a thing where I'm the only one that's making a decision because also I'm trying to help them to you know grow and, and have accountability for themselves in the classroom so you you know being able to speak for themselves make decisions and not just 
everything being done for them because they're in fourth grade and not in first grade. And in a couple of years, they're going to be in middle school. And so I, that's kind of how I try to prepare them for when they leave me. They're going to be fine when they're with me, but I'm trying to prepare them for when they leave me so that they'll be able to still apply these, you know, skills that they've learned while they're in my classroom. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, I hope, you know, that hopefully, do you see that that's pretty, um, they seem to be kind of gravitating to that. Does that work? The thing it works there? because it works because they enjoy the talking. conversation. <laughs> they enjoy talking. They enjoy talking. And so, like I say, once you talk about it, then you have, and then, you know, and sometimes I don't do it as much, but sometimes when they do the think fair share, instead of them, I'll have the partner to kind of share what they heard. What did you hear Corey say? What was, you know, what did you, and then sometimes they'll say it and say if the student says it wrong, but no, I didn't say that I said this. So once again, that's just another way for them to kind of take ownership of what they said. All right, now go to your desk and write what you you know write what you said and write at least the first two or three sentences like i'm not saying you got to do the whole thing but just to kind of get started and then we build on that so i kind of bear i kind of vary it somewhat I, sometimes i'll pick sometimes i won't sometimes i'll let them share out sometimes I'll let the partner share out just to because once again we're also working on listening also because that's a that's a big skill as well so i kind of <laughs> i kind of mix a couple of different things with it and, and so it's not as you know traditional because most kids don't like to write. And so I try to make it make it interesting to them and make it where it's, they don't really know that that's what they're doing. Um, right. I don't, I, don't <laughs> I don't say I'm tricking them, but just make it where it's, it's interesting enough to them that they that they won't lose interest and they'll, they'll, you know, put forth the effort that they need to be able to get what I'm trying to get them to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know elementary kids, uh, they, they're just, I'm sure they're definitely being verbal. <laughs> Yes, exactly. They like to talk. And so I just try to, you know, take mm -hmm. advantage of that and use it to in an educational way with them not knowing that's, you know, that's what is that actually happening. Mm. Cool. You know, I was thinking as an entrepreneur, we do a lot of voice to text. Like if I'm writing my book, I, I, I speak it into my phone, into a voice recorder. Have you ever thought about doing something like that to see if it, they'd like that? I have not, but that's a that's a good idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that. I, I haven't thought about that. That's a good one. Though. Thank you I for sharing think that. about that because my coach also says that's how she does her newsletter. She might be outside walking or exercising, and to knock out all her blogs and her newsletters, which is a lot of writing, she'll voice it into a recording, and, and then you can also not that they need to do this, but she can then get it translated through a, a certain company, and it, it spells it out for her. <laughs> That part I wouldn't share with them. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't be writing at all. They wouldn't be doing any, any writing. So, but yeah. I think to get them to see that they do have a lot of ideas, if they're talking it out out of their head and it goes into a voice recorder, that would be kind of cool because then they could put plugs in, right, earbuds in their ears, and then they could go back to their desk and handwrite what they're, they're hearing themselves say. Exactly. <laughs> try that and let me know how that goes i'll be curious I okay. <laughs> um, share a quick story to wrap up in which you use uh, this strategy of think pair share while tutoring maybe to help a student and explain how that was successful how could you do that in tutoring one-on-one would you do the thing well, 
with them? Well, in tutoring, um, one-on-one, the think fair share would be with me. I wouldn't be able to do the, you know, part about picking your own, you know, your own partner and that kind of thing. So um, I, I've done the think fair share with writing. I did it. Um, I tutored a student this, this uh, a couple of students this summer. Um, and what I did, just say, for example, we did a, a, to- a topic. I, I try to do broad topics until they kind of, you know, get comfortable with it and then we can got to get more specific so I the question was or the uh, the prompt was tell me what you think it means to be responsible and ready to learn something very broad and so it was a thing where I was like okay for for three minutes I just want you to you know I want you to think about it I'm going to do the same thing and so we kind of you know just sat there thought about looked at each other whatever all right so now we're going to share out and so since it was me more familiar with it i modeled it first all right so this is what i this is what i think responsible and ready means and i just kind of you know said some things and i just kind of elaborated a lot more than i probably would just to show to show the student that it was okay not to have it perfect i did a lot of you know broken sentences i did a lot of you know run-on sentences i just kind of elaborated kind of trying to meet how you know how kids fourth, fourth, I think it was the fifth grade kid I was doing it with, how those kids talk. And so once I stopped and then I allowed her to kind of, you know, share out and she, she kind of did well with it when she saw how I did. All right now, so now I'm going to tell you what I thought I heard you say. And purposely I said a couple things wrong. And so she was like, no, no, no. I said this. I'm, this is what I meant. I said this. You, you heard me wrong. I said, okay, I'm sorry. So say, say it again so I can make sure I have it right. And so she repeated it. I said, okay, so now you're saying A, B, C, D. And she said, yes, that's what I meant. That's what I said. Okay. I said, so now we're going to write just the first two sentences of what you said as far as what you think responsible and ready means as far as going to school. And she kind of wrote it out and she wrote the first sentence she wrote was a run on sentence. It kind of, and then the second one she wrote was more of a, you know, a complete statement. And so I said, okay, so, so the second sentence, we, we kind of in good shape, but we gotta, we gotta make this more, this is you talking. We got to get it more into a statement that kind of, kind of ties into, into your, you know, being a, being a good writer. And so she really had two sentences, but she had a run on sentence. So she ended up, we end up making the, the run-on sentence into two different sentences and and she seemed to you know it seemed to, to work well for us so that was one way I used it for this, this summer so um, that's cool <laughs> I like that that's pretty cool <laughs> and how old was uh this student she was she was a rising fifth grader so um, okay. I think she was nine or ten years so oh cool well yes, awesome I like that well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing a couple strategies and what you see is going on in elementary school and, and um, with students that are in fourth, fifth grade, younger. Um, I know you're going to be tutoring some for me as well. So I, I really thank you for sharing your uh, ideas and strategies with our parents on the show. And I know they will find it very helpful to them. So, oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And hopefully some parents can, can use it and be beneficial to them. Well, thank you, everybody. And again, thank you, Dr. Barnes. And uh, everyone, we will see you again next week on our show. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Smart Parents Successful Students Podcast.
I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Wherever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to www.dynamuslearningacademy.com backslash podcast backslash. Also, it would warm my heart if you reviewed the podcast on Spotify and shared it with your community. And remember, I believe that every child would benefit from getting extra support outside the classroom, whether they are struggling or are part of an advanced or gifted program, because teachers just can't do it all. Please connect with me about our K-12 tutoring, SAT or ACT prep classes, and writing workshops to help your child excel in school. I can be reached through email at helen at dynamuslearningacademy.com or by phone at 770-282-9931. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.